Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Once upon a time, there was a girl who dreamed of flying through the stars, who dared to resist injustice, who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Chloe Frida, Oprah, Celia Cruz, Josephine, Greta, Ruth, Alice. One day, she wondered, could today be the beginning of something new? This was her one opportunity to do something, something big. So that's exactly what she did. Along the way, she discovered that she wasn't alone. Her body felt strong, her mind sharp. She was prepared to work as hard as it took. Her words were making a real change, and she felt powerful. I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio. What to build? What to build? Oh, come on, Lucy. Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... <gasps> I got it! Tool call. Hammer. Hammer. Wrench! Wrench! Drill! Drill! Great job, Kapow! Great job, Kapow! Oh, no, wait, that's me! Great job, Lucy Wow! Oh, brother! Now all we have to do is turn this thing on! Let the show begin! <laughs> oh, hi there! Welcome back to Pflugerville and Kapow's Power of Invention podcast. It's me, Guy Devil. I, uh, uh, I was supposed to be co-hosting with Kapow, but, uh, he's not here. So, I I guess it'll just be me today. No, wait, I'm here, Guy. Sorry I'm late. I was busy inventing something new and exciting. Really? Yup. Look, you see? It's a goo I've made. You can squish it, roll it into a ball, stretch it really long. (laughs) You can do any goofy thing with it. I call it Goofy Goo. Um, Kapow, you didn't invent that. I totally did. Well, okay, I guess you did. But what I mean to say is you aren't the first person to invent that. I know, I'm not a person, I'm a goat. Okay, uh, let me try this again. Um, you're not the first thing to invent that. What you've got there is one of the most popular toys of the 20th century. The 20th? It was invented last century? It sure was, Kapow. And by accident, actually. You want to hear about it? I can't wait! Wake up, Kapow! All right! (sighs) Sorry! Okay, during World War II, one of the most important resources needed by the American military was rubber. Rubber back then was made from rubber trees that are mostly found in Asia. 
They needed it for tires to keep their trucks moving and for boots to keep the soldiers moving. It was also important for gas masks, life rafts, and even airplanes. But then, the Japanese military attacked many of the rubber-producing countries in Asia. These attacks made it so that there wasn't enough rubber to go around anymore. So, the people in the United States were asked to donate old rubber tires, rubber raincoats, rubber boots, and anything else that consisted, at least in part of rubber, to the fight in Europe. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, guy. This doesn't sound very goofy yet. And my goo is the goofiest! I'm getting there, Kapow. Now, people were donating rubber, but it still wasn't enough for all those military boots and boats. So, the U.S. government asked U.S. companies to try and invent a synthetic rubber, or a rubber that was made in a lab with chemicals, rather than tree parts. Engineer James Wright decided to accept this challenge, and he started mixing chemicals in his lab. Did he immediately invent new rubber, and then did he eat it? No and no, Kapow. He experimented and experimented, but he wasn't ending up with synthetic rubber. But he didn't quit. And one day, he combined boric acid and silicone oil, and it produced an interesting gob of goo. Goofy goo? He didn't know what it was. So James conducted a bunch more tests on the goo and discovered it could bounce when dropped, stretch farther than regular rubber, and had a very high melting temperature. That's definitely goofy! He didn't think it was goofy, but he did think it was interesting. James realized it wouldn't be able to replace rubber, but he still thought there had to be a practical use for the goo. Unable to come up with an idea himself, James sent samples of his invention to scientists around the world. However, none of them found a use for the substance either. They weren't considering the goofy possibilities! You're right, Kapow. But then, in 1949, the ball of goo found its way to Ruth Falgatter, the owner of a toy store who regularly produced a catalog of toys. She liked the stuff and decided to place the globs of goo in plastic cases and add it to her catalog. Selling for $2 each, the bouncy putty outsold everything else in the catalog. But after a year of strong sales, Ruth decided to drop the bouncing putty from her catalog. Why? Well, she didn't see a big future in the goo. But goo is good! A man named Hodgson thought so too. Hodgson borrowed some money and bought a large quantity of the putty in 1950. He then hired college students from Yale to separate the putty into one-ounce balls and place them inside red plastic eggs. Since bouncing putty didn't describe all of the putty's unusual and entertaining attributes, Hodgson thought hard about what to call the substance. Goofy Goo is a good name! It is, but he decided to name the goo Silly Putty. Oh, wow! This is Silly Putty! You're right, this isn't goofy! It's silly! It's a small difference, but an important one. Hodgson took Silly Putty to the International Toy Fair in New York, but most people there did not see the potential for a new toy. They just saw gobs of goo. But then Hodgson got Silly Putty stocked at both Neiman Marcus and Doubleday bookstores. A few months later, a reporter for The New Yorker stumbled across Silly Putty at the Doubleday bookstore and took home an egg. Fascinated, the writer wrote an article in the Talk of the Town section that appeared on August 26, 1950. Immediately, orders for Silly Putty started pouring in. Of course they did! 
everyone needs a little silly from time to time. Silly Buddy became a huge success with children, and kids started learning how to do new things with it. You see, everyone knew it could bounce and stretch. But it turned out you could also rub it onto comics from the newspaper, and the image would move off the paper and onto the putty. That is so cool! Whoa! I need a newspaper right now! Not so fast, Kapow. Well, this was a long time ago, and since then, newspapers changed the inking process so that the ink won't dye your fingers black. But this also means you can no longer copy images onto Silly Putty. No! Don't worry, there's still plenty of silly things to do with it. Kids all over the world play with it every day, and adults too. In fact, astronauts on the 1968 Apollo 8 mission took Silly Putty with them to the moon. And the Smithsonian Institute included Silly Putty in an exhibit on the 1950s. So, thanks to Silly Putty, silliness made it into space and into museums? <laughs> sure did, buddy, because after all, Inventions don't have to change the world by saving lives. Sometimes they can make the world a better place just by making it a sillier place. I'm silly all the time! Yeah, I noticed that, Kapow. Well, that does it for today, I think. But hey, if any of you kids have a question about silliness in putty or other forms, Pflugerville, the great guy Neville, our little old me! Send it to Kapow at gokidgo.com! You might get your question read live on the show. Now, go make something, build something, go big, and then go bigger. Until next time, this is Kapow signing off. Go, kid, go! Go, kid, go! Go, kid, go! Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you. And the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.